We've got ourselves a survivor on Survivor Blindside. Plus, Cache gets some closure. Tyson reclaims his throne. Sarah is ready to compete. Aza keeps all of her eyelashes this elimination. Kayla forges an alliance. And Leo proves he is, in fact, a cat. Or doesn't. Or maybe does. I'm not sure. But he talks about it a lot, as usual. It's the Challenge USA Episode 5 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe. Then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today on today's podcast. Very exciting stuff. We are talking Challenge USA, episode five. It just aired last night. This podcast is admittedly coming a slight bit later than normal. We had some difficulties last night, so we're filming it again this morning, putting it up now. So apologies on the short delay here. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled late Wednesday night episodes next week. And for the remainder of the Challenge USA season to season, that has been very good so far. That is certainly exceeding my expectations coming into this, which were, you know, tepid uh, at best, just kind of purposely so that when they probably exceeded them, which they now have, I can feel even better about it. We're five episodes in. I don't know how many episodes this season is. I haven't thought that hard about how many people are left and need to get eliminated, but it feels like we're, you know, in the middle third for sure of the season, whether this is 10, 12, 15 episodes, who knows? I doubt 15. That seems pretty aggressive. 10 to 12 seems like the number. So we're entering the middle, the meat of the season here, and we had another wonderful episode, a lot to discuss and discuss it all. We shall. Quick programming notes. Earlier this week, we dropped the newest rewatch series podcast, The Duel Season 13 arguably an argument that I make during the podcast, the best season of the first 13. It has now claimed its spot as the number one season of all time through 13 seasons of the show rewatched and recapped for you. So go check that out if you have not already. We will be moving on to season 14, The Inferno 3, next week. And this Friday, Possibly next Monday, one of those two dates. In the next few days, there will be another podcast coming out, a specific look at one single cast member from the early days of the show whose career I just love and decided to use as the first ever kind of cast profile, resume, retrospective, just looking at one cast member. A nice little short pod that comes with a video along with it, a more edited video, a little more focused on the YouTube side of things for this one, but will be run as a podcast as well. So be on the lookout for that. As always, hit that follow subscribe button so that whenever anything pops up, you're not missing any of it. And with that, Let's dive on in to the Challenge USA, episode number five, and Louis will start, as we always do, with our Cliff Notes recap. You know how we do. We got to cover it all. So much plot, especially on this this, uh, particular season, any season of the Challenge. There's a lot of plot packed into 
these episodes, but this season with so much focus on just the strategy in the game kind of only, as we'll talk about later during the storyline segment, there is a lot of plot that's got to go down, and so let's cover it all as quickly as we can. Everything that happened, Episode 5, Challenge USA. Here we go. Three, two, one, and we are off. TJ's perfect algorithm is rolled out to give us new partners, which are Danny and Angela, Derek and Kayla, David and Alyssa, Tyson and Cache, Enzo and Kira, Kylan and Shannon, Dominic and Desi, Cinco and Aza, Ben and Justine, and Leo and Sarah, who is not thrilled to be given Mr. Cat Guy himself, Leo, as a partner. After a brief workout montage, we get many conversations. Derek and Kayla not wanting to get last, Sarah and Ben about if they should trust Tyson, Cinco and Cache about him flirting, sidebar, show us the flirting, maybe? And finally, Tyson and Sarah telling each other they are solid, but before we head into the daily challenge. It's called Barrel Treasure. Start on a barge. Jump in the water. Swim 150 yards to buoys with codes on them. Memorize that code. Swim 75 more yards to a cargo ship with barrels on it. Find the barrel with your code in it, on it, and open it. Open the wrong one. You have to swim back to look at the code again, no matter what. No double tries at any point. Do two correct laps all the way, 225 yards each way. Two correct laps. Get your puzzle pieces. Bring them back. Put the puzzle together and win. It is a real test of endurance with Kayla, Derek, Ben and Justine, and Alyssa and David all putting forward very solid performances. But in the end, it is Tyson and Cache who are the only ones we at least see get a code wrong, come all the way back, and pull off the win. On the losing end is Cinco and Aza, who are barely beaten out by Sarah and Leo after yet another lackluster performance by Leo that has Sarah fuming. Back at the house, Cinco and Aza don't want to say any names to Tyson and Cache, leaving them to their own devices to pick for them. And as Sarah goes around telling everyone how bad Leo is as a partner, Cache decides she is highly likely to get Leo in the next round or two and doesn't want that. So why not throw them in? And after clearing it with Danny to split the survivor group into, Tyson agrees. Kayla plays a role Tyson's real target is Ben, but Sarah will do. What I'm trying to say is the game is getting a little bit more complex. At the arena, it is Sarah and Leo going against Cinco and Aza in a dark turn. Tied together, you run into a pitch black dark container and feel your way around to find a stack of film reels. Those film reels are four different sizes. You use your feel to memorize what order they are in, then come out and put a matching stack of film reels together. First to finish wins. Leo and Sarah put together a fantastic strategy from the start. Before going in their room, they study the pieces, measure the size of each with their finger wits, come up with the number system for each size, and by the time they go in, they are able to fly through. After two trips in, they put the entire puzzle together, get the win. Cinco and Aza never really have a shot. The episode then ends with TJ rolling out his perfect algorithm and Sarah and Leo talking a bunch of trash back at Tyson, who is now public enemy number one. All right, so that is a lot that happened. We've got to talk about it. And in lieu of our kind of typical specific storylines or specific takes that I may have about a particular episode, this one in uh, works much better by doing a little more traditional rundown, kind of in order the decisions and the segments of the show with some commentary on each. So let's run through things chronologically. And let's start... With the opening segment, the, the original, you know, the first house segment, if you will, we got house, daily challenge, house, arena, uh, typical structure to a challenge episode here. So segment number one, the house itself. We get right away 
Tyson versus Ben and Sarah. They hit this hard. We know it is very clear if you're giving us all of this up front, there's going to be some payoff to it by episodes, and we'll talk more about the three of them and the Survivor Alliance a little bit later. Let's keep things in order here. So the main thing to discuss from the opening house segment pre-daily challenge is that we get a conversation between Cinco and Cache. Uh, and we learn within that conversation that Cinco's flirting may not have been just with the departed Tiffany, but maybe there's some Desi flirtation going on. Maybe there's flirtation with everyone going on. Maybe there's just Cinco being nice and friendly to people and uh, he, he and Cache having never worked out and had closure of their feelings and everything. And so it's getting more complicated and posed as Cinco's flirting with everyone. We're not a totally sure what to believe or what to think has happened or not happened because we haven't seen any of it. We get like a 10-second maybe montage that just basically shows, hey, Cinco has spoken to Desi. So uh, so if we want to justify that as flirting, uh, I don't know. But why haven't we seen any of this? This show has been completely devoid of any romance or, you know, pranks or silliness or just general, um, you know, shenanigans at the house or the warehouse, whatever we want to call the massive place that they are living in this season. Everything has been strategy and game related, and that is it. The closest thing we've got to any romance is that brief moment of Cinco carrying Tiffany to her bed a few episodes back and the constant uh, commentary on the fact that Cinco and Cache are exes and that that has not been the easiest thing to deal with in this house for them, but they have both handled it seemingly very maturely and, you know, it's just been a little icy here and there. Maybe they haven't wanted to just, you know, sit down and chat too much, but we get some more reminders that that is, uh, you know, a dynamic at play with these two within this cast. And it leaves me thinking, you know, is there no room in this show to, this is interesting. I could, is, was there any more of this? Could we, you know, we had a really good time a few episodes ago with the whole Cinco is flirting with Tiffany. Cache is right there as some of it's happening. And you know what, you know, the dynamic of all of it, we had a good time with that. That was good television. And if there was more of that to be had and we're just leaving that out, especially given that there's no other non-game strategy alliance talk happening in any of these episodes, it feels like a missed opportunity. But that is really the only major things of note pre-house segment. Let's move then to the Daily Challenge. The Daily Challenge, this episode, a really, really good one. Liked it a lot. Called Barreled Treasure. And this is from a challenge history perspective. I don't remember many swimming contests as is high level as this or as big of a, just a pure swimming competition as this for a daily challenge obviously swimming in and being in the water is a staple of the challenge at this point but some you know some finals have had lengthy lengthy swims as a part of them but not so much the dailies it's usually you know maybe you're swimming out to this raft to do something maybe you're jumping out of a helicopter and then you've got to swim you know 100 yards over to this thing but this one being in total a two you know 
are, do we believe them? 225 yards, the aerial views we get, it certainly looks like multiple football fields long. So 225 yard swim that you've got to go down and back, down and back, minimum two down and backs. So, you know, that's 450 yards of swimming. Plus you throw in Tyson and Cache. at least. They're the only ones we see miss any. I'm not sure if anyone else maybe did and we just edited that out, but they have to, you know, throw in the extra 150 yards on top of that. They're swimming 600 yards. That's a big, big, long swim, and uh, it's as big of a swimming competition as I can really remember um, in challenge and recent challenge or any challenge history for that matter. I like the design, though. I like that, you know, hey, endurance, but we're not going to make every endurance challenge just running. Let's make this one a swimming uh, and then let's throw in the one element of memory in the one tangram puzzle at the end so that there's at least the chance someone could screw up royally the memory or the tangram portion and ruin their chances within the swimming competition. So I like the design. I like the challenge. I will say the water does not look like the most enjoyable water to be swimming through and probably end up gulping a bunch of it down, but that's neither here nor there. As for performances within the daily challenge, Couple quick shout outs. Obviously, Kayla and Derek do very, very well. They're in the lead the entire time up until the very end on the puzzle. Ben and Justine do really well. Another very good showing for Justine, who maybe early on we didn't look at as much of a physical threat, but now we are seeing from a daily win, an elimination win, another good performance in an endurance-based swimming event here. Justine doing really, really well. Uh, Same vein, Danny and Angela, uh, continuing to prove their athletic prowess do very well here. And then the other one that very much deserves a shout out kind of under the radar, but David and Alyssa, very strong performance from them. We still, uh, we revert back to David not being a part of this television program. Now um, he goes back to having zero confessionals again this week. I don't know what this guy has to do. Maybe he's just refusing to show up for the confessionals. Maybe he's literally saying nothing in them, but he is now at three of the five episodes with zero confessionals, one of them with one, and then last week where he is in and winning an elimination, he at least you know got a couple of four of them in there. But we go back to nothing from him, but having him having this big come out moment last week where he gets to prove himself, having Alyssa, uh, you know, how well she's had a win, but somewhat looked at as one of the smaller, weaker women in the house. Another strong performance from her. And so the two of them both quietly putting up another really good, strong performance off of strong performances last week. So deserves to be shouted out. But really from a positive, a good, great performance standpoint, this is all about Cache and Tyson, which is really, really remarkable. I am shocked uh, that they won. Um, I am not shocked when you say, oh, it's a swimming competition and Tyson's going to win that. Of course he is, because as we have covered, as he talks about ad nauseum, as he should, um, but if you're not, uh, don't remember, not fully aware, the Tyson super high-level collegiate Division One swimmer, like the highest of high levels, you know, everything just short of like Olympic trial-level stuff. So Tyson is an incredible swimmer, and you put him in the water and you give him the longest swimming contest I can remember in a long, long time, if not ever. And he's probably going to do really well, but it is a partner contest. And the strategy he and Cache put together is pretty incredible and really, really smart and shows the brains on both of them and the willingness 
on both of them of like, let's work with each other's strengths and weaknesses here. Let's work, you know, communicate well together. Let's be a good pair. Let's not get upset because, oh, I'm a great swimmer and you're a bad swimmer. And, you know, that could easily in other hands devolve into a horrible partnership. But Cachet's like, hey, I can kick these legs forever. I'll swim on my back. When we have the puzzle pieces, I'll use those as bonus buoys along with my life jacket. And Tyson's like, great. I'll kind of butterfly swim. I'll kind of make up a variation of how I would swim so that I can keep one hand on you, pulling you the whole time, both keeping your head out of the water and pulling you along. And it works incredibly, um, which hats off to Cache. It seems from any view we got, never stops kicking, never stops moving, never stops giving maximum effort. And just what an effort by Tyson because it can't go un, you know, undis- it's, it's undisputed that this is a truly wild um, thing that he is able to so adept in the water, so comfortable in the water, so such good endurance and strength in the water to be able to, again, be the one team that misses a code and still, even with that extra 150 yards of swimming, gets all the way back in time to still have a shot on the puzzle and then put the puzzle together incredibly fast and win. Both of them showing some real, real... Uh, bona fides in the Tangram world, which, you know, very much is going to come and play many more times, I'm sure, this season and would definitely come and play in a final. So big, big showing from them. Tyson reclaims his throne, gets that third daily challenge victory to now Kylan's two. So he retakes the lead from Kylan, who had chart been fast charging. One of those two males has been the winner of all five daily challenges. Pretty remarkable from them. On the not-so-good-a-performance side, we got Enzo, Leo, and Aza really, really struggling. Enzo and Leo, the older guy club, not looking so hot. Dominic does fine, so you know he takes the week off. Uh, we get a stray mention that Dominic I th- thought he was going into elimination again. Seems like that guy really just maybe doesn't love being there and would be fine going home. Uh, but the old guys, Enzo and Leo, both really struggle. Uh, Leo maybe doesn't know how to swim so well. Um, and then Enzo, it's just maybe the the endurance caught up with him. You know, doesn't seem like he has any problem swimming. It seems like he has a problem swimming for that length of time, which, you know, I feel you. I feel like I would have been just like Enzo in this. Most of us watching probably would have like, yeah, I know how to swim with the life jacket on, but like, this is a long ways. We got to do it over and over. This is, this is a lot. Um, so we see some weakness from the three of them, but Aza in the end, uh, the not, not knowing how to swim and Cinco is big as strong as he is not being the level of adept in the water to help any more than just being a good, encouraging teammate who doesn't get down on her, but not able to, you know, push her along or pull her along the way Tyson was to cache or anything like that. And not knowing how to swim, costing someone their game in the end is classic challenge tradition. So, you know, uh, we're hitting a lot of challenge check marks, bingo board uh, boxes being marked off this season. We can add another to the list. Someone coming on the show, not knowing how to swim, and that being a major factor, if not the defining factor in them eventually going home, as it would be here for Aza. So that's your daily challenge. 
Really good, some really strong performances, a lot of teams kind of slowly separating themselves, individuals separating themselves, and a few people struggling, and uh, a few people struggling for the multiple time in a row, looking at you, cat guy, Leo, my, my, I absolutely love you, I love cats just like you, Leo, but uh, Sarah is not wrong in saying that, man, that was a struggle being partnered with him, and it seems like that's been a common theme for most of his Partners, which leads us to the next portion of the show, the biggest portion, the most interesting portion, and that is the deliberation and the decision that is ultimately made by Tyson and Cache. So they ultimately, after many conversations, decide that they are going to throw in Sarah and Leo. How do they get there? Tyson, first first thing that should be said is uh, an interesting note about uh, Tyson and Cache's partnership and Tyson in particular, even being the guy who comes into the house with, you know, this big reputation, this outspoken, very confident. Now he's won three of the dailies. There's a very much a world where a person with that's in the same exact position he is, is, you know, going to feel himself all powerful, gets to make all the decisions, partners, ideas, and opinions do not matter. That is the opposite of Tyson here. Tyson is totally willing to relent to his partner, which is an interesting thing to note just about his gameplay and personality in general for future moments possibly on this show. Uh, but he's willing to relent. He he comes up with the, you know, via the conversation with Kayla, we'll touch on that in a second, but decides, you know, I would like to go after Ben. Maybe he's saying my name. He said my name before on Survivor. I'd like to maybe get him out, but he's partnered with Justine. Cache says, nope, we are not saying Justine. Tyson is totally good with that. And uh, it should be said, though, he, he does want Ben, and I think the reason he originally wants Ben is pretty clear because of Ben and Sarah. If he doesn't trust either of them and would like to make a move against them, He'd rather get out Ben instead of Sarah, who he now has a 25% chance of being a partner with on the ensuing episode and only getting more and more as it goes down. He originally, he and Sarah were almost partners in the very first episode when they got to pick before realizing that wasn't very smart and switching up to some big brother partners. But he definitely wanted Ben for that reason over Sarah, but eventually is willing to go with Sarah because Cache wants Leo gone as a potential partner. So she's thinking in the reverse of what Tyson's thinking. Tyson's thinking, I'd like to get them out. He's a guy. She's a gal. I could be partnered with her, not with him. Let's go for him. Cache's on the other side saying, hey, Sarah's going around talking all this crap about Leo, how bad of a partner is. She has not been the first one to say that. I don't want Leo as my partner anytime soon. And it's getting down to he's one of three or four people I could be partnered with. So we got to get him out here. Tyson says, okay, Sarah is a shot at Ben. Um, and so let's go ahead and do that. Let's make, you know, strengthen my relationship with Cache. Let's strengthen my relationship with maybe a few other of the women in the house that you're trying to work with, but haven't fully solidified relationships with or alliances with. And maybe you can talk up to them. Hey, I threw in Leo because I didn't really want you to get stuck with him in a future challenge. So maybe you can earn some credibility there. But it leads me to the question, were there other options? Because we don't get almost any any discussion of pretty much any other options, mostly because Cinco and <laughs> Cinco and Aza aren't willing to say any names, which I feel like was a very strange strategy. I 
I understand Cinco being like, you know, we, me and Cash have had this, this odd time in here being former, you know, exes. And I don't want to say a name and then, you know, that I want to go against or don't want to go against and having her twist that into something that it's not. I get that a little bit of the when she starts pressing them on, like, can you give me one name that you don't want to go against? I, I guess I can see where Cinco might be like, what I don't want to say, like, I don't want to go against Desi. And then Cash is like, oh, like, so you and Desi, uh, I should believe all the flirt, the flirting stuff is real or whatever. Maybe I can see that, but I, I don't see that alone, even if that would have played out, being justification for them not taking the opportunity to say, give us this team or this team. That is our choice. So that one, you either maybe get the team you think is the your best chance of winning, or two, if they don't choose them, you've gained a little bit of political capital over Tyson and cachet of being able to say, hey, most of the time, the winning team has been respecting the wishes of the losing team to some degree, and you guys just totally didn't care about what we said, and so now that's ammunition against you. It gives you something. It gives you a little bit better odds, a little bit of ammunition politically, socially. Saying nothing gives you nothing, literally. So uh, did not understand that from them. But uh, regardless, the other options that were available we assume that Danny and Angela were a hard no from Tyson. Obviously, he's working with both of them. Dominic and Desi, we assume, are a hard no from Tyson, being both Survivor players. And we assume Ben and Justine are a hard no from Cache. Not assume, we know. She says that verbally, and we know that's why they don't pick them, because Cache, Justine, is a hard no for her. That leads me to the question of, is Shannon also a no from Cache as another Love Island female? Are they, did she have the same relationship she had, you know, Shannon as Justine? Um, because Shannon and Kylan were kind of right there as well. I thought, you know, I never really thought it was going to even be brought up because of how little those two both were involved in the episode. Clearly, they weren't going to be involved in the end. But from Tyson's perspective, maybe while he's been trying to work a little bit with Kylan, looking at I'm back on top, this other guy's really, you know, hard charging recently. Maybe we take a shot at him. That's nowhere to be seen. Then there is David and Alyssa, which is the only, you know, big brother, big brother team that would have made a lot of sense if they were like, hey, Let's throw them back in. That's no one from either of our two shows that kind of sticks with the program most people have been following of keeping our hands as clean as possible from show on show. Violence or blind sides. You also had Enzo and Kira. Same question as, you know, Shannon before for Cache is just, are we Love Island women off the table completely? Um, you know, that is another Survivor Love Island, so that's probably was just a nod. They didn't, neither of them probably even brought that up, thinking the other one would be like, well, no, why would we do that? And then Kayla and Derek, who we know are at least brought up by Kayla and Derek. And Kayla sees that as a reason to you know, build an alliance with the best player in the house thus far, which is Tyson. And Kayla has clearly chosen that as her team. Amazing race. You know, they only came in with three. We lost James a few episodes ago. She's not looking to be, you know, just tied to Leo and Leo only, if at all. She has clearly chosen a new team, and that team is just Tyson. Over any show, any other alliance, any anything, she wants to be partnered and paired with him as much as possible and aligned with him as much as possible. And it feels like Derek is going to be right there with her. It feels like Kayla and Derek really worked, not just worked well together, but 
had a good a good relationship, a good understanding, and maybe felt in a similar place within the sh- this cast hierarchy and where the alliances felt. I feel like Kayla and Derek may become a little bit of a package alliance themselves and are clearly tying themselves to Tyson, but great gameplay from Kayla. Very, very smart. Go to the person in power. Make a, a pseudo deal, and it's not even a deal. It's just a, a transfer of information that may or may not be real you know, did Tyson's name come out of Ben's mouth at some point? Absolutely, positively, definitely did happen. Whether it came out as like, I'm going to go for him anytime or just, uh, hey, everyone's having a conversation. You know, you know Tyson, he's man, he's really impressive. You're right. He's, he's been winning. That's that's a threat. You know, he's definitely a threat in this house. Some one of those very bland general. Yeah, just kind of stating the obvious conversations that Kayla can then say, fully truthfully and honestly hey your name came out of ben's mouth which way we don't totally know but we assume via the edit that we're getting it came out maybe uh uh like i've got to get tyson out of here kind of way and the final portion of this then is what does this do to survivors alliance now because tyson and you know relents says yep let's go for sarah and leo it backfires sarah and leo win we'll talk about that elimination momentarily but In doing so, where is the Survivor Alliance now left? We do get a glimpse. Tyson consults Danny ahead of time, maybe others, but the only one we know of for sure is that he goes to Danny and lets him know, hey, we're probably going to go this way, which means Sarah, which means, you know, Survivor on Survivor. So in my mind, that means, you know, Tyson and Danny are for sure at this point working together we know sarah and ben are for sure working together and they are on the other side of this which leaves desi and dominic as the two wild cards from a survivor side i feel like desi and dominic maybe lean tyson and danny desi and dominic i believe it's dominic that says in this episode uh when they get partnered together you know that's my like survivor girl like i you know we're she, i like her a lot like we work together so it feels like those two are you know at least from dominic's side he's like yeah uh, that's an alliance that i've got feel like desi and dominic are gonna lean tyson and danny but who knows? Uh, I'm sure someone with a, for a bigger survivor background about their histories uh, would know a little bit better. But it seems like survivors split down the middle at this point. And that is leading to the fact that this game, it feels like this was the episode that solidified this game splitting out from no longer show alliances only into just who's going to be in an alliance, period, shows not mattering nearly as much and actually now only mattering as much as who has done me wrong before that's going to matter much more than did we play the same game regardless of whether we work together or not we stick together because we've had the big brother blind sides and backstabs now we've now had a survivor one there's only the two amazing race left love island has been half of their cast has been <laughs> removed from the game and so this seemingly turns into uh, a, a true challenge game where it is no longer just hey survivors with survivor big brothers with big brother and now it's going to be who is with who what real alliances are going to form and we've got some forming tyson kind of at the lead of one of them with himself angela danny and kayla it feels like those four you know those three at least angela danny kayla are all tyson is definitely working directly with them 
And then he's also got a good relationship with Justine, Alyssa, and Cachet from their partnerships. He seemed to have a decent relationship with Kylan so far. Is that one big kind of group coming together? And does you know where does that put everyone else in the house? Are Sarah and Ben going to end up kind of exiled on their own? Is Sarah going to have to just fully adopt Leo into uh, an alliance at this point because of their win together? We shall see. But the final thing to discuss, uh, since we got all of that sorted, is the elimination itself. We already, you know, no, didn't spoil it. You've watched the episode if you're listening to this, I hope. Uh, and if you didn't, Sarah and Leo win. They get thrown in. They go against Cinco and Cache. They win. They play a dark turn, which is a really good setup of a game, a unique type of puzzle. It takes way more strategy than anything else. It's not so much the logic and putting a puzzle together. It's really, really, really strategy, and that is shown because Sarah and Leo nail that strategy. Incredibly impressive from them. Very, very smart in the moment thinking to stop themselves, not be worried about how long their initial strategy measuring uh, portion takes, not worried about if they see Cinco and Aza coming in and out of there and putting a couple pieces together. Not worrying about any of it, knowing that this is, hey, we lock in a strategy and then we can do this super fast. And that's exactly what they do. And I've got to say, as someone who always looks at every one of these games and says, how would I have done it? And, you know, tries to be honest and objective about truly if I was in their shoes, what would I have done? How would I have done it? Would I have come up with what they did? Would I have come up with something better, worse, whatever? I feel confident in looking at this and being like, you know, Cinco and Aza, you made a huge mistake. You can't run into the room blind, literally blind, once you get in there. You've got to at least, at least, I am confident I would think to, hey, let's look at the pieces and just at least like lay the four pieces out so we can see how big of a difference they are, touch them a little bit while being able to see them so that when we go inside, we'll have some idea what we're actually touching here and what, you know, what the, what we should be trying to measure or remember. I don't know if I would have went as far and as in-depth into it as Leo and Sarah do of like, Hey, Find one of all four sizes, put them next to each other. All right, we're measuring what part we're measuring. It's how thick they are, how many fingers fit in. Let's make the number system. Let's remember the numbers only. But I definitely know that I would have went as far as at least looking at and you know feeling them a little bit and understanding what I'm about to go blindly touch and try to memorize inside the dark room. And so Cinco and Aza, big, big, big mistake, just going full blind and, you know, it, it it's just a, it's a bad strategy versus a perfect strategy and the perfect strategy obviously going to win out in the end we lose Cinco and Aza Aza keeps all of her eyelashes this time around so uh no more eyelash burials uh during this particular elimination but she's had a solid season we see her go and then with Cinco leaving it's another big guy kind of wasted in the challenge house and we talked about this in the season preview a little bit we do this thing as fans of the show. Uh, I am as guilty as anyone. Not all fans are guilty of this, but there is a segment of fans that are loud enough about it that it becomes all of us are kind of guilty of this. Myself, chief among them, that we get a huge, bulked up, strong guy coming into the house, and we think this is going to be amazing because we think through this small lens of just hall brawl, pole wrestle, balls in, headbanger challenges, dailies, and eliminations alike. And then we have to remember the very real fact that that's a small percentage 
of the show, a small percentage of the eliminations and dailies, and only certain people take part in those, and the odds say that we're not going to get Cinco in a hall brawl, and even less chance of Cinco in a hall brawl versus someone who would make that an interesting matchup. And yet again, for the second real, really season in a row, not counting All-Stars, um, of course, but from Flagship and now USA, you know, last flagship, we had Kells come in. We were all excited about Kells, and then he gets knocked out on a partner-based puzzle elimination, and we never really got to see him fully in his element, getting to put his strength, which is his size and strength, to the test. Same thing here with Cinco. This guy is an absolute animal, an absolute beast. I mean, I've been following him on Instagram now since they announced the cast for the show, of course, followed all of them, and... Cinco is an athlete. Cinco has some pretty incredible strength. They're, those are far from popcorn muscles. Uh, they they are very capable of doing damn near anything that muscles could possibly do. And uh, we don't we don't get to see him really put them to the test in any way. We don't get to see him in a physical elimination or really all that physical of you know a hand on hand type of physical daily challenge. And it's another lesson that yes, we can all dream of the those of us who like the headbangers most of all who look forward to how crazy of a matchup we can get we can all remember the lesson that those are few and far between those are rare those are very hard to come by and just because a big jacked up person comes into the house with all these muscles all this size all this strength doesn't guarantee anything doesn't mean that we're going to get to see them even use it before they might get eliminated so here's the hope and Cinco gets to come back um same as I felt about Kells bring these people back let them at least show off one time with their weakness we gave we gave Tyson a a swimming challenge that was the longest swimming challenge ever okay we could give Cinco one time getting to use those big old muscles of his and show off just what an athlete he truly is um, before having him get sent home. So goodbye to him. Final thing on the elimination, the shit talking afterwards, fabulous, fabulous stuff. Yes. It looks super corny from Sarah and Leo. Yes. They got a bad edit from that because I'm guessing that the amount of time they were actually doing the little hand motions and the pointing at Tyson and the yelling was a pretty limited short span of time. That would make total sense when you're jacked up after the win, you yell at the person who sent you in there. But the way they showed it over and over in slow-mo mixed in with the confessionals about it turns it into like they were doing that for two minutes on end when in reality there's a good chance that that was 20 seconds and totally totally normal and expected. But I liked everything about that. I like how much Tyson couldn't care less that Leo thought of him as a big brother and clearly didn't think of Leo as a little brother or a brother or maybe even a friend or acquaintance even barely in the house. So all of that was great. So that is all the main decisions and plot lines of the show. Let's move from here. A couple more things to discuss. Let's start by handing out some awards. First award up is best quote. We've got four nominees. We start with Aza talking about Cinco and Cache being in the same deliberation room and how awkward it is and tense it is and... She could cut through that tension, just not with the normal utensil you're used to people cutting through tension with. She's mad awkward because, you know, cachet, you know, she won't. And uh, my partner is Cinco. 
There's definitely some unresolved closure, and you can cut it with a spoon. Then uh i i i just i just love cutting it cutting it with a spoon makes me laugh second nominee then is sarah about leo being basically useless to her in the daily challenge like on the way there I'm like how are you with swimming he goes i'm good i'm like okay and then he goes I'm going to climb down the cargo mat. I go, just jump. I don't have a problem carrying extra weight, but I have a problem carrying somebody else's weight. Can't say that Sarah isn't competitive because she is definitely, definitely showing herself to be, you know, very, very competitive in nature, very cutthroat in nature and ready to compete, ready to dominate. And uh, so far she has been performing about as highly as anyone else on the female side of things uh, has not gotten a, lim- or a daily win quite yet, but some of those, such as this one in this episode, had a lot more to do with the partner maybe holding her back a little bit. We'll see what else she's got in that fiery competitor in future episodes. Third nominee then is Ben. Ben talking about Tyson, and for those of us who are less familiar with Tyson's exploits on Survivor, we get some good filling in of background here between Ben and Sarah and Tyson on this uh on during this episode and we get multiple mentions of you know Tyson likes to take his big moves but he also maybe likes to make those big moves too early in the game here is Ben talking about just that very thing I'm surprised and not surprised because Tyson likes to make big moves and most times Tyson makes the big moves way too early but once you burn those bridges, people get affected by that. And if your bridge is burnt, you know, you're going to get little toasty feet along the way. You never want toasty feet. You never want to feel that flame rising up under you. And then fourth and final nominee and the winner of the quote of the week, because I'm a sucker and a cat guy myself, even though last week I said that maybe Leo's love and devotion to cats and uh, own, you know, determination to at all times be talking about or referencing or whatever they're doing, tying back to cats in some way, was maybe getting a little rich even for my blood. Uh, I can't help but love all the references this episode, including in the final, the final of like three or four that he makes when in the dark room he mentions that, hey, cats can see at night. Four, three, one, four. Three, two, four, three, one, four. Cats see in the dark. Huh? Shocker, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not a cat. Or am I? Who knows? I've met some people in my lifetime who desperately want to be an animal, but no one as desperate as it feels like Leo truly is to truly be a cat. If he could actually be granted a wish to transform into a cat, I feel like he legitimately would say yes without thinking about it and without any regret after the fact. So Leo, you get the best quote of the week. Hats off to a fellow cat guy. Then we're on to best moment. Five nominees here. First one, shout out the previously on. Normally, the little, you know, every episode starts with the previously on, and they always, you know, for many seasons in a row now, have someone in the house film that themselves, you know, saying to the camera, 
previously on, and usually there's something that happens with them. Maybe someone throws a pillow at them, or you know they're sitting by the pool and they make a joke or whatever. This one though, it's usually just kind of pointless, and it's like, okay, you made someone say previously on. Hey, they get an extra second on camera. Good for that cast member. But this one was actually really cool and fun. It was Shannon and Dominic doing a little sword fighting with big uh, long sticks or PVC pipes or whatever they were doing. And it was actually like a kind of entertaining five-second choreographed fight. And then Shannon, you know, slays Dominic and says part of it. And then he rolls over and says the other part. I actually, it was actually like legitimately cool and entertaining. And I'd never seen them nail a previously on taping so well. So shout out to that, nominee number one. Nominee number two, the maybe five to seven second montage of Cinco flirting. Uh, because again, we've been so devoid of anything of that nature this entire season. Just getting that little glimpse was like getting that drop of water in the desert. It was like, okay, someone in the house is trying to get down. Good, good, good. I'm glad, you know, we put put a bunch of hot, some single, a little less single people than regular on this season, but someone is out there trying to enjoy themselves in the house. Good, good, good to know. So that moment, even as short of the montage as it is, gets recognition here. Third one, Leo climbing into the water uh, after, you know, he can't jump back in the water. He's like, it's just too much. I got to climb back down and use more energy to climb into the water. Um, should be noted. Sarah's like, oh, God, this guy, and decides to be the opposite of Leo, flips into the water. Leo then tells TJ he loves him, but actually he hates him. Sarah is, hates Leo at this point. That whole little back and forth between the three of them is all just absolute gold. You can do it. Sarah's going to have a swallow water. That's my partner. I love you, TJ. Oh, God. I'm kidding. I hate you for saying. Leo, shut up and swim. Sorry, Sarah. Leo absolutely cannot swim. He's literally latched onto Sarah's back like a kid on a ride at an amusement park. Then fourth nominee for the moment of the episode, Cache Tyson's strategy montage about how they ended up making their pick. This is the second or third time this season. I really liked um, how they've doing it. I've had my issues with certain ways the show's been edited, but this one is on the other side. This one I'm really, really impressed with and love that we get you know the couple discussions in the house. We actually go to the arena without totally knowing what's going to happen, and then upon the choice being delivered, we get the montage of this is how this ended up happening, and we didn't show you until this moment because we didn't want to ruin the suspense. And they nailed it again, found this one entertaining, interesting, and they put all the right conversations in a quick little montage, caught us all up, really liked all of that. And then fifth and final nominee, the slow-mo celebration shit-talking and pointing at Tyson again. As we said before, probably only lasted a 15, 20 seconds in reality, but they make it sound like it lasted minutes on end. Tyson's feelings on it, Leo just joining into, you know, Sarah maybe rightfully has all the reasons to be very, very mad and upset about the whole thing. Leo, maybe not as much, but just kind of joins in and kind of doesn't feel as at home in the shit talking and the, you know, the gestures being made as Sarah does, but the whole thing is really, really wonderful. And so the moment of the episode, I've got a, I'm going to go ahead and give it to that slow-mo celebration uh, while five worthy moments here, um, the end of the episode, ending on a high note, ending on an interesting note, really setting up future next week's episode, future episodes of the show. Loved that. Finally then, third and final award, the episode MVP 
a pretty clear five-person race, five people making the ballot here. Shout out to Kayla coming in fifth place for this episode's MVP. Not necessarily a part of the storylines, but weasels, weasels her way in there, makes herself a part of them, builds that alliance with Tyson, a very smart game move there, possibly got a partner this episode who can be an alliance member with her and a good partner in the future. So Kayla making an impact comes in fifth. Leo in fourth, obviously one of the stars of this episode. All the cat talk, all the failures, all the successes, full spectrum from Leo on this episode. Third is then Tyson. Obviously, again, these top four really are obvious. This episode was kind of about four people. Those are the four that are going to be the MVPs. Third, Tyson. Second, Sarah. Episode MVP, though, at the top is Cache. Over Leo, over Tyson, over Sarah. I think Cache of those four who were the heavy featured, the winners and then losers slash winners of the episode Cache takes the cake for, you know, bringing in the romantic element or the relational element with her and Cinco. She was the one that ultimately pulled the strings and led the decision between her and Tyson to go with Leo and Sarah. She got the win in impressive circumstances in the Daily Challenge. She was just generally fun and awesome and wonderful on our television screens, which she has been all season long. She is definitely, definitely, definitely in the running for season MVP right now. If we did a through five episodes check-in, she would definitely, definitely, definitely be on the ballot, as would probably a Tyson, as would maybe a Kyland, as would maybe an Angela. And yeah, I don't, uh, maybe those four kind of near the top right now, as far as if we had to kind of do a check-in on where a season MVP rankings were going. But for this episode, for certain, that award goes to Cache. Last thing to do then is some power rankings and predictions on the power ranking side. My personal power rankings have a slight, slight shakeup as far as who I am uh, most rooting for, most liking, enjoying, favorite cast members of the season, if you will. Uh, The same top three, just a different order. Danny has ascended back all the way to the top. I came into the season having the most knowledge of Danny, having previously watched the season. I love Danny, everything about Danny. I have so far felt the exact same way this season. He moves from third to first. I am now unabashedly number one rooting for Danny amongst all others. He was already the male I was rooting for the most, but now the pure individual. Angela and Desi still in the top three, though, just being bumped down one spot to second and third. Uh, so if I could get a Danny Angela or a Danny Desi pairing in a final and seeing them win, I would not be I could not be more thrilled. That would be the the best best case if I was picking, just handing out money, handing out the winners of the show. Those are my three favorite cast members thus far this season. On the actual power rankings as to who is dominating this show and looks in prime position to bring home a win at the end of this, female side, zero changes. Male side, zero changes. Female, Angela, Sarah, Desi. I feel like those three, I feel like Angela and maybe now Sarah have legitimately distanced themselves from the rest of the cast as far as consistent uh, you know, consistent performance across whatever is thrown their way in the dailies and now an elimination on Sarah's side. And I think Desi is still has all that potential and has shown glimpses of it. Hasn't had her big shining moment yet, but I feel like there's a good chance it's coming on the male side. Dan, uh, Tyson, Danny, Kylan, 
Obviously, Tyson is staying number one. It's going to be hard to remove him from that spot. Danny remains number two. I think he's got a great social footing in the house and obviously the athletic background. It feels like maybe swimming was one area he wasn't so strong in and yet did fairly well, got by in this challenge on this episode. So when you something is possibly a weakness, but it's not a weakness that's going to totally derail your game, that's ultimately a positive thing to note. So he's looking good. Kylan's still looking great. Those three don't change. On the prediction front, uh, did not lose any of my finalist predictions. Again, we made 10 to start the season. We lost two of them last week, so we added Ben and Justine in. So of I'm still 8 out of 10 left from the original, plus Ben and Justine still there. Survivor player would win every daily challenge. Uh, started that three episodes ago. We finally got one to win, so one out of three there. Kylan will win three daily challenges. Still at two, but still looking good. The new one we are going to add is a specific to next week. Derek will be on the winning team next week. I feel like Derek, <clears throat> there's a breakout moment about to happen. There's a, you know, episode spotlight about to happen. And I feel like we were teased a little bit this week with, you know, don't, don't forget about Derek over here as a part of the game. I feel like he's going to win next week. That is the prediction I will make. Derek will be on the winning daily challenge partnership next week week. So with that, we've predicted, we've power ranked, we've awarded, we've storyline talked, kind of, sort of, we've cliff note recapped, we've done it all, we've covered the Challenge USA episode five, another good one in the books, really, really, really am enjoying this season so far, even if it is leaning heavily, heavily, heavily into the game strategy even more than a regular challenge season does i think that makes perfect sense being this many big brother and survivor players coming in this uh slightly older compared to uh not even compared to regular flagship cast now but definitely compared to you know five years ago and uh less single folks you know there's less of the romance there's maybe less of the pranks and the weird stuff going on it's just game 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 because that's how big brother and survivor players think that's who we mostly have here. Makes total sense. I'm liking it. Having a good time. Some real stars starting to stand out, have been standing out for many episodes. So look forward to next week's episode and the rest of the season. As we discussed at the top, uh, check back Friday and or Monday, pending if I can get that ready by Friday, but at the latest Monday for our first ever single cast member resume career breakdown retrospective, whatever I decide to call it by that time. Check out the dual recap podcast that was posted this last Monday. Get to binging seasons 14 and 15 as those will be next on the rewatch series. Follow on Instagram at Challenge Historian. DM me there if you've ever got comments, questions that you want about the show or just want to talk some challenge and don't have that person in your life to banter about the challenge with. I will be that person for you. So DM me at Challenge Historian on Instagram. If you want to get in touch, hit that follow, subscribe button here wherever you are listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. I love you. Have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. Until we talk again, peace.